Um, that was my cat, by the way. My cat just <laughs> entered the room. It's just, what are you doing? I'm on a podcast. You are. Welcome to the Tile SM podcast, episode 360, where in ordinary times we would be talking about back-to-back wins against Wickham and Carlisle, which of course we will get on to later on in the podcast. However, we start tonight with the semi-breaking news, but not a surprise that yet again, people at the club have not been paid their full wage, which as we have all agreed by now is quite frankly outrageous. We are in a situation where people at the club um, not just people you see in dugouts, not just people you see on the pitch on, on match days, but hard-working people behind the scenes that desperately rely on their wage because they're doing that job in the first place. Now, as a fan base, we've had our ups and downs with staff over the last few years, of course. Even this season, there's been a few disagreements between sections of fans and, of course, employees at the club. But there can't be anyone listening to this uh, at any point that agrees that this is the right way to, to go about business and it's incredibly disheartening when we should be talking and celebrating about the efforts of the players on the pitch that have seen us win six points out of six for the first time in a very long time and yet again we're talking about one man who is systematically derailing the football club and everyone around it and the money's there we know the money's there if he can satisfy the wage for the players to avoid any other points deductions he can do that for the staff as well but he's made a legitimate choice, as has the CEO of this football club, or CEO in name anyway, shall we say, where we've got uh, staff that are not paid 50% of their wages. I've seen a lot of people today that say that there will be staff among them, manager, for example, that might not need the money. Ultimately, in my book, that's irrelevant. If you do a job, you get paid for it 100% of the time. And really... Uh, it's 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 desperate now. It's it's the last payday for a lot of these people before Christmas. They may or may not get the money in a couple of days' time, but it's not the point. And uh, you know, you can feel that the anger is rising around the club and everyone connected with the Tilehurst end, <clears throat> and of course, everyone listening to this will back the staff to the hilt, regardless of whether they agree with their position and what they do for the football club. We cannot have this continue any longer, and the sooner a takeover is agreed, in principle. And officially, we're not going to move any further. It is absolutely outrageous. Um, that's kind of my Piers Morgan monologue <laughs> done. Really, it's it's Ross is here. You can hear him chuckling in the background, but it's uh, it's it's very very sad, Ross, isn't it? That we're in this situation yet again, uh, talking about off the field nonsense when really we we should be talking about Lewis Win Wonder Girls. To be honest. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's all very well said. You know, like we're here to talk about, like you say, Lewis Wing Wonder Goals and things like that. But uh, and we had, but we had to start the podcast today talking about, you know, people who work uh, behind the scenes in the ticket office, uh, in the mega shop, things like that. People that, like you say, work very hard, and it's never nice to not be paid. Um, you know, partly in full or whatever. It's never nice to not be paid. Um, but right around this time of year too, yeah, it's it's really, uh, it's just shocking, really, isn't it? So, um, 
condolences are going on. Condolences is the wrong word, but heart goes out to all those affected and, and hopefully um, you're still able to, to have a good Christmas. This will obviously be going out on December 1st. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, that hasn't completely knocked the, the spirit and the stuffing out of you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, provide some distraction for the next little while. Well, one organization that does always pay on time is ZCZ Films, who yet again we are grateful for, for propping us up. Uh, emotionally, financially, and uh, all that other good stuff. But you know, we are we are very grateful um, for them. Uh, we're also very grateful, seemingly, for Select Car Leasing, who continue to not only supply me with a car. I'm not sponsored by them, and this podcast is not sponsored by them. But this is you know, news all, to all, me, everyone. All, all right, well, yeah, no, I pay for it. No, I've, okay, I've, okay, I've, yeah, I've literally tripped myself up. I do pay yeah, for my leasing car every month. <laughs> Uh, princely some but they you know that they they really are um savior gets banded around a lot but you know what i'm hearing and and what i'm reading from from other people you know they are just going above and beyond um and you know without really being dramatic i'm just incredibly grateful that that they care and that they want to do the best by the club and um it might not be the best name for a football stadium but we know that it's coming from the right uh, the right place and it could you know, be worse without... it could be the you know the tough sheet stadium or, or you know so <laughs> yeah. like uh, the one that bothers me the most is the new york stadium what's a what a stupid name for a stadium like you're it's gonna get beaten. Ford, isn't it, it is Ford. Ford. you're gonna get beaten anytime anyone googles your stadium they're gonna get six pages of stuff that have nothing to do with you anyway yeah. well you know sell it carly superb guys and, yep. and ladies and people and, and it's just it's wonderful to have them associated with this football club. So um, thank you to ZCZ Films, our official sponsors, and thank you to club sponsors, Select Car Leasing. Um, talking of, of odd uh, names for sponsors, you know, you mentioned New York and, and Tough Sheet there. I was uh, in the Whiffaway stand at Wickham oh, yeah. this past Saturday, Ross. So we're going we're gonna to talk about Wickham in the first part of our recap after this short break. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Right, um, we we just what we do just for those those kind of people that are really interested in the background stuff. We we use um, uh, a stream called Riverside, which basically records it. And what we've decided to do is record pieces in chunks. And uh, just off off air, then in between, like the countdowns between the sections, Ross said, "Let's talk about some effing football." And he's right. We're going to talk about some effing football that gave yeah. us three effing points. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ross, chilly day in Buckinghamshire. I love sure. Wickham. I know a lot of people like slag it off, but I think Wickham's brilliant. I spent a lot of time there growing up. Um, it's a good gateway to get to Wembley if you have to take. Uh, mm. Your son, who's eight years old and is adamant, is going to support England over Wales, which is gross. Uh, but it's a great way to get to Wembley for, for any sporting or entertainment event. But Wickham, I love Wickham. It's just a great place. And being there for a league game was was just brilliant. And obviously getting three points was even more brillianter. Um, yeah. I know you you didn't turn up to the game, which is a shame. Um, Lazy. A plastic fan, but never mind. Yeah. But you did watch it. What are yep. your initial thoughts on that day? uh on that on that day what am i talking about just on that day 
I agree. Wickham was uh, is a nice place, by the way. I drove past through it for the first time when I was in England uh, last time out, uh, and, and it is a nice place. My wife and I were both uh, remarking on that. But it is the kind of place where you'll go down, you know, like a one way road, and you get stuck behind a horse box or something. So it's, it's still a nice place. Anyway, uh, what was going on in front of the Whiffaway stand on Saturday? I thought you were uh, going to say horse and cart. Actually, just an instant. I thought you were going to say like you're going to. It's not Victorian. Actually, in they have cars there. A stagecoach. No, no, anyway, no. carry on. Talk about the football. It's been the week of Femi Aziz, hasn't it? Um, I dropped a video about this uh, earlier this week on, uh, on on how and why Femi Aziz starts. And again, I want to talk about this today in context of not, is Femi Aziz good? Is Femi Aziz better than uh, certain other players? I just want to talk about you know, why he starts um, and, and what he's giving to this team. Um, and obviously with a week that in, in, in a two-game stretch in which he's had, you could really say four assists, couldn't you? Because the, the Harvey Nibs uh, 0.98 XG goal uh, where he tapped it across the line um, against Carlisle, you know, that was kind of Femi's assist as well. So, um, yeah, really good week from him. Um, he gets into good positions. We talk about this all the time and he's fluffed his lines quite a few times, um, this year and in, um, in times when the club hasn't been doing so well mentally, I would say. Um, but no, this, uh, this week it was coming off and we still saw some of the Femi that, um, you know, we haven't been as pleased with uh, in the in the season so far. You know, he still can be wasteful from time to time. He still can make odd decisions from time to time. But something that I think is working really nicely for him right now has been the addition of Paul McIru on the left. Um, and so what that's done is it's kind of shifted Reading into more of a 4-3-3 uh, or a 4-1-4-1 um, that actually sees nibs come further inside something I'll talk a little bit more about later too. Um, but it means that Aziz is starting a lot more plays further out wide. And that means that he's then getting to take um, a sort of diagonal line towards the half space and towards the box, um, which has generated quite a few of his assists in the, in the last couple of games. So um, in particular, one of the assists versus Carlisle, he's dribbling um, diagonally towards the box, which means that the defender isn't particularly able to show him one way or the other. And then he fakes one way, darts the other and gets the byline. I think I saw him do that six or seven times uh, in the last two games, um, which is really impressive. Um, Femi Aziz, you know, obviously I'll just break into Carlisle a little bit. Harvey Nibs had a great game. Um, but if you take away that, like I said, 0.98 XG uh, shot attempt where he was literally standing in front of an open net, um aziz is still the player who produced by far the most threat on tuesday um the most like expected assists the most expected goals um and so those underlying figures those are the things that the the coaches look at um and that's why he gets picked so that's a long way of saying um you know there have been reasons why aziz has been picked um and in the last two games um and in the wickham game we got to see kind of why um you know why that is and 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 saw the actual results coming to the fore so yeah there's a there's a few minutes on uh femi um and i think he was super important against wickham yeah i mean you know you mentioned a few players there you talked about lewis wing mm-hmm. uh makairu obviously has, has started to, to come in a little bit and has, has recently just won player of the round for the last um you know round of, of the pizza cup really i feel yeah. like i'm repeating myself loads of words today but what no i like that he should have to um you know like they do like the pizza for a row or whatever in 
you know, in like the stadium sometimes or Papa John's. Stuff. He should uh, have to do like a pizza for a row in the stadium next time. You know, yeah. the pizza's on Paul for being player of the round. Yeah, it's good, good chat actually. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Wickham in general, it it just just had a feeling that it might as well be today, kind of leading up to the game. And you know, we had yeah. that good result, however you term it, but it's still a good result to to score that many against the young Arsenal side. Um, and there were options. And and to be honest, when I when I knew that Vickers and Elliot were excluded from the squad, not even on the bench, and then Savage was benched as well after two kind of man of the match performances in the in the international break for Wales under twenty ones. I was a bit like, shall I even bother going in the stadium? But it just it it it's it's weird. You can't you can't really put anything on it, but it just felt different. And you know, we, we took the lead with a really odd, strange, slow motion goal. And then, you know, everyone got kind of their towels up in the stands and, and stuff. And then uh you know, we, we can see straight away, which was exactly the same against Carlisle on, on Tuesday night. So you know, to then get back in the game was was really, really important. And, you know, nothing really happened of note in the second half. Like we huffed and puffed. There was there was a lot of desire, I thought, in, in that second half against Wickham. And that probably was the difference in terms of that mental resilience, but also like just don't lose the game. And and it, we didn't look at any point really in that second half of, of losing it. You know, Wickham weren't brilliant in the same way that you could say Carlisle weren't brilliant either. But, you know, where we've been, we still got to go out and and do something against these teams, and you know I I thought Wing was was very good in in both of those games. I, I thought yeah. you know give him his his due. You know Year Don was all right against Wickham too. So there are players now that are starting to step up a little bit. There's there's obviously players that are being excluded. You know Hutch and and Dean and in my opinion that's right. I don't think they should be involved in the squad, and I've said that previously. But you know there are players that you'd think well could we be even better if he brought those in and. You know, we'll talk a little bit about Sellers' man management later on in the pod. Um, but moving on to Carlisle, you know, that was, what was that, a must-win Tuesday for the fifth or sixth time this season? Um, They're all must-win when you're bottom of the league, aren't they? Yeah, you know, and, and we, we turned up. It, it, mm-hmm. We weren't, you know, because everyone's kind of said it was a very, very bizarre game of football. But, you know, in terms of the main takeaways from Carlisle, both, you know, formation-wise, tactically but also from an individual point of view what what were you seeing in that Carlisle game that you thought okay well this is two wins on the bounce now can we go and do it again in the next game some of the national writers are around like league one and that haven't written Reading off yet because of the quality that they have in the team um and you know the the writers they will have seen more of Lewis Wing and, and players like that in the in the previous few seasons playing in league one um, and I think that's kind of what I saw in the Carlisle game is that we've got some players that really have a jump on quite a few of the League One players in terms of skill. Um, there are some good teams in this league. Um, I think we've already seen some pretty good performances from some of the other teams. There's also a lot of dross towards the bottom of the table and, and Carlisle really had very, very little um, the other day. It was a bit of a shame to to concede to them. Um, but yeah, I think quality told, um, and also, you know, that good feeling and momentum in the club that we've been desperate to get for, for months and months and months, um, is now there. And, and it's funny how much momentum seems to generate the bounce of the ball to use a cliched phrase, right? Like within that Carlisle game, within our first three goals that kind of put us comfortably up, uh, at the end of the first half and let us see out the second half little 
rush from Carlisle at the start. We had what a Dorsett ridiculous own goal from the uh, the Carlisle player, where I'm not even a hundred percent sure what he's trying to do there. Um, I actually then, missed that because I was too busy appealing the free kick against him because I thought it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible tackle in the corner, and I was like, oh, and then the yeah, ball ended fair. up in the back of the net. So my concentration was in the left hand corner when actual the goal was kind of centre in front and, and obviously ended up in the net. So yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a couple of those goals really on Tuesday. And then um, yeah, and there was the one that like uh, with Aziz, like we said, sort of trickled through the goalkeeper and and got to Nibs right on the front. So like it feels like a few weeks ago those just weren't going for us, right? Like does the team that loses in the ninety sixth minute against Shrewsbury have that in them? Uh, I don't know. Um, actually, though, worth pointing out, Dorset, you know, because I focused on Aziz there and. At the start of this month, I don't know if I'd seen Dorsat play in a league fixture for Reading. And now at the end of this month, I would say he's undroppable. Like I don't I don't see any reason to take Dorset out of the team for Carson, for Mbange, for Mola, anyone. Um he's I, I don't think I don't think we'll see Mola again, Ross, to be honest. I don't think he'll feature, quite frankly. No, um, I, I think I, I, I don't see that sticking. I think you're right, Dorset's been absolutely excellent the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um and we've been and waiting he had a bit for a shaky start, obviously, and, and and was quite rightly sort of, you know, mentioned in, in negative ways, I guess. But yeah, I was I was really, really impressed with him, certainly on Tuesday night. Um yeah. just the pace and the and the confidence and a little bit, you know, like when Abby kind of started he was a little bit shaky and stuff Dorset could potentially become the Abbey that we need on the left hand side so I, I, I'm I really excited to see where he ends up basically yeah I loved it I love that um, the guys that are staying home on the defense because obviously you flick into a sort of like Reading flick into a sort of 3-1 um, when they're attacking at, at the back so they'll just leave who right now Dorset um, Abby and Binden at the back with Craig right in front of them um, and then Yeardon will push pretty far up um, and he's not quite got the legs anymore to get back as quickly um, so it's really impressive that what a group of players who have a cumulative age of less than 60 um, are now playing together in a defense and actually making it look the most solid it has all season um, so yeah really really encouraging I mean, it's a good point about, you know, the, the youth in that defence, but obviously the fact they're looking more solid. I mm-hmm. I still think that there are... I, I think it's deep-rooted, <clears throat> to be honest, in the fact that actually when we score a goal, the concentration just goes from the whole team. And we saw that against Wickham. Uh, we saw that against Carlisle. We've seen that, you know, numerous other times this season. Um, you know, Shrewsbury was, was a classic, all right, we didn't score. Um, and then they they score straight away. But like the, the fact that we just collapse in these situations um, it is is still a concern. And I think you know, now every time we go and score, I'm expecting us to concede straight away after because it, it just doesn't. You know, we don't seem to have recover from from the goal that we've scored. And it's that, too, you know. Sorry, I just wanted to talk because it's a really good point you're making, but it, and it's but it's two very different goals that we conceded right after the games. Right, so the first one against Wickham, in my opinion, that's basically the only good thing Wickham did all afternoon. They the guys Cruyff turned um, Craig just to buy himself like a half second to get the shot, and then he's put it into the like right in the bottom corner by the post. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> like that that's going to happen every now and again if you're playing you know like 20 year olds uh in your mm. in your midfield or whatever but then the next one that was weird um that to me i'll be interested to see what people in the stadium thought but that to me looked like binden and button had been getting in an argument for about 10 minutes before that and and then they just completely miscommunicated between the two of them who was going to clear that cross out because the cross is rubbish um it's looping it's 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 not great um and binden and button are both in place to get rid of it and they just sort of look at each other and then abby's left to be like well what do you want me to do with this as he's desperately trailing the man in um so is it, yeah the second one's a concentration the first one quality for sure the second one yeah it's a weird little concentration thing well the official club account said that the the carlisle player finished smartly which is absolutely nonsense because for me it's a goalkeeping error um yeah he should be all over that he, he literally should be covering that up in a blanket but he didn't the main thing is that we responded really really well and actually you know to score five goals in the league is, is very difficult to pick holes in because we just you know it was just really enjoyable i just mm-hmm. kind of every time we scored i was smiling like you yeah. know the, the other person in my block was up as well which was great because it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty barren and cold up there on on tuesday night but like it was just a really positive performance, you know. Wings goal, obviously, pick of the pick of the lot, um, and and Aziz to to get, you know, the goal that he did after chipping away and being sort of reasonably close throughout not just that game but but the other games previously was was a real positive. And I've always said this with Aziz, I just feel like he needs to score a couple of goals, and then he he won't stop, you know. No. Um, and I, I felt personally that leading up to the Wiccan game, he needed to be taken out of the team. Very, very happy to, to eat a bit of humble pie there. So did but, I. So did I. We made that whole Vickers video, right? Yeah. Saying, bring him in exactly. instead of him. Yeah, we, we, you did the Vickers. Well, I say we. I had no input whatsoever. But you did the you did the Vickers video, which was brilliant. And I, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Vickers. I think he's superb. And I, I think the positive now, forget all the off-pitch stuff if you can for just a minute. I still think this team can be better. I still think mm-hmm. there's players that are not currently playing that would make us better. But, you know, we, we're we in a situation where we've won the last two. You can't change the team, really. There's no there's no yeah. real reason to do that in the league. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the game on, on Sunday in the Cup uh, in a bit, sort of later on in the pod. But actually, these are quite nice choices to have for, for Ruben Sellers. Yeah. Um, who you know? I just want to spend a bit of time uh, talking about really. So we'll we'll do that after this uh, short break. We haven't got a mailbag actually because yeah. we we used all the mailbag up on on. Give me. The, uh, I got about. one feature. I promise, Ben. Can I uh, briefly? Can I briefly touch on Lewis Wing before we hop into the the break? We we can go on and you right, do it. Let's do it. So I'm very optimistic right now. Um, not so much, obviously, from the off-the-pitch side, but from the football side. And that's because, in my opinion, uh, Lewis Wing has what? Well, what should we call it? Woken up? I don't really know <laughs> what the phrase is. But, um, you know, we may end up getting into a situation later on this season where we kind of have a repeat of Swift, where when X player plays well, Reading play well. Um, and we could get into a situation where when Wing plays well, Reading play well. Um, but... He was brilliant on, uh, especially on Tuesday against Carlisle. Um, I wanted to give him a nine in my player ratings, but was rudely denied uh, by the editor of the Tylerhurst End. Um, so let me tell you why I want to do that. Everything, 
everything in build-up was going through wing at some point. The job seemed to be that Craig would get the ball to wing and then wing would decide which way the play was going. And then by the time the second half rolled around, he was so confident in doing that, that he was spraying first time passes around and knew, usually finding his target as well, which was um, pretty impressive. But just the confidence to even be doing that yeah, I'm getting quite excited about uh, what Wing could do. He scored a lot of goals last season, um, started scoring for us now, um, and adding goals from midfield uh, could really be like a huge way for Reading to just start walking out of the relegation zone without much issue because so far it's almost been entirely strikers scoring. Um, so getting some goals from elsewhere on the pitch is really important. Um, and if Lewis Wing continues to play, um, in the way that he has been in the last couple of games, I think Reading are going to get out of that relegation zone really fast, which is saying something because when we had Sarah on a few weeks ago, I think both of us were like, oh, we're down. You know, we're done. Um, yeah, we did say that. Yeah. And if we well, get another I, point I deduction, maybe. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the good points about Wing, like he, he, we are developing a spine, I think. Um, and I. I, I have I have a lot of positive feelings um, about the the on on pitch stuff, um, as as obviously you've you've mentioned as well, Ross. But I do still have frustrations, and I'm, we're going to talk about those um, and kind of expand on that a little bit after this short break. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Tilehurst End podcast, episode 360. Um, we're gonna, we don't have a mailbag as such. We kind of did ask for, for stuff and contributions, as we always do, but there wasn't anything forthcoming, which is absolutely fine because we've got plenty to talk about. And, well, and Nick answered questions from the listeners this week, you know. So if you haven't uh, had a listen to the Nick Blackman interview yet that should be on this feed, uh, go ahead and, and have a listen to that because uh, we pitched your questions to, to Nick um, and the podcast is already out, but there'll be a small video um, with that as well. It's um, it's the dream to promote a podcast on our own podcast, which is which is quite <laughs> cool. Love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, that it's a really, really good podcast. I wasn't on it, um, but Ross did a fantastic job, and I taught him everything he knows. So it's just all worked out pretty well, to be honest. <laughs> I missed having fair. you there. No, honestly, he, mate, I, I like I said off off uh, camera. I wish you had been there because me and hosting are, are not uh, the. <laughs> the yeah, you might notice if you've seen any of those videos that I don't bother with any hello and welcome straight into football. I'm like, don't it's, it's talk easy. to me about any, any idiot can do it. Any idiot no, can no. do it with a Wi-Fi. There's not a football there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, but carry in, on. You know, as a, as a side note, we we kind of were talking, um, <clears throat> you know, earlier in, in the day about, you know, ex-players and, and getting people on. And if there are, you know, if there are players that you think actually, you know what, we'd really like to hear from them, just let us know. Just drop us a, a message or a, a, an email or something because we're we're trying to look at kind of ex players that maybe yeah. don't stand out as much. So, so one player I'd love to get on, same sort of Nick Blackman era is Orlando Sarr because I absolutely loved Orlando Sarr and I'd love to yeah. chat to him about kind of his career. Um, so there's there's loads of players that I think would be great, but obviously getting hold of them and agreeing to do it is is a little bit different. So if there are if there are people that you genuinely want to hear from, don't say Mark McNulty because that's not going to happen. But you know anyone that you think actually yeah that'd be awesome, just let us know because we're always yeah. open to, to suggestions and stuff. Anyway, 
let's talk about Ruben Sellers. Um, so my my frustrations, as I mentioned before the break, are that I don't know why it's taken this long to get a team that is is looking capable of winning games. And you know, in the case on, of Tuesday night, winning games comfortably. Now, you know, even the most negative Redden fan would go, "Okay, it's, it's it's good to enjoy these things, right?" Don't want to get carried away. Don't want to start talking about the playoffs or Wembley or or, or getting second in the league or whatever. But you know, we are in a situation as as Ross sort of said earlier that we are actually better than a lot of the teams around us in the table. And ultimately, my kind of thing is why is this not why has it not happened before? Why has it taken so long to to get to this point? Now, I'm not suddenly going to turn around and go, I think Sellers is the man, because I don't. I think he, he should be gone. Um, I think these these two games are a nice distraction and it's it, it's a welcome distraction. But there are still fundamental issues that, that are not being addressed within the team. For me, the first one, uh, to a point, is man management, because I don't think he really knows who his, his best team is. I don't think he knows who his best squad is. And I don't think he knows who we can rely on. Now. An example of his man management and, and it not being where it needs to be would be his treatment of Ovi Ajaria last week. Again, we've all got our own views on Ovi Ajaria, we've all got our own conspiracy theories and all the rest of it, but when you go out of your way, as he seemingly did in that interview, to uh, stitch up Ovi Ajaria as much as he possibly could, that for me is poor football manager. That that really is not good. And in the same way that I called out Hutch a couple of weeks ago for doing the same thing to the younger players, I don't want to hear the manager saying that about any player at the squad. Whether we like or whether I like that player or not is irrelevant. I don't think the manager in any shape or form should be doing that to his players. The second thing I'd say is that he really, really needs to address what his spine of the team actually is and, and pick it and stick with it. Now, we said earlier that he is starting to do that. You know, Wing's really, really coming along. We know that Abby is, is one of the first names on the team sheet. But beyond that, yeah. up until the last two games, he's not he's not done that. You know, and I don't understand why it's taken this long. We're, we're in December tomorrow, and we're just about settling on a team that, that we know can, can potentially win. What, what can he do, Ross, to, you know, forget the ownership stuff if we can? And I keep saying that because we're trying to focus on, on, on the semi-positives if we can. But like, you know, say there wasn't a new owner coming in and we were just going along with it. What can he do in the next couple of weeks to win more of the fan base round? Or do you think it's gone too far for him in terms of him being manager of Redden Football Club? No, I don't think it's gone too far for him personally. Um, I see what you're saying about these these games being a, a distraction, but uh, but like I said earlier, I I kind of think that some of the quality players are starting to wake up, um, and and that's really changing things. Been looking at the underlying numbers a lot in the last week or so, um, and Wing and Smith are really playing some nice football right now, um, and generating you know quite a lot uh, of expected threat every game. The defense is calming down. Um, obviously, the Carlisle goal, I still don't love that, but I don't mind the Wickham goal too much. It's a good piece of play. Um, I think the spine is almost there. and We've almost seen it. I think the spine is Binden and Abbey, Wing and Smith, and Nibs right in front, or Nibs in between um, Smith and, and Wing, who's been playing. Nibs has been playing more centrally um, in, the, in the last week or so, especially since Makairo had to come on for, 
for Ballard, um, and it's really working for him. He seems to be playing really well in that more 10-ish spot um, where he can kind of get forward, he can interact more with Sam Smith. The closer Harvey Nibs and Sam Smith are on the field, the better, honestly. They play really well when they're hunting in a pack uh, or in a pair, I guess. Um, and and they, we've scored quite a few goals this season just off the back of those two harassing people. So I think we've found the spine. Whether Sellers is going to stay is going to depend on whether he recognizes that, right? Because you're right, like you can futz around for a while trying to find your team in August or September, like we talked about back in August or September. But it's this podcast is going to come out on December first, right? And we need to be winning games um, at this time right now. Um, the man management thing is interesting. I'm I I'm gonna play devil's advocate on Ajaria for a second, right? Because this has been going on with Ajaria now for what two to three seasons and three Reading managers at least. And everyone, every manager has tried the oh he's not ready, oh we don't have an update, oh he's injured thing with Ovi, and it hasn't worked. Like he's still futzing around doing whatever it is he's doing. Call him out. Try and call him out. He's taking a lot of money from the club while members of the staff aren't getting paid. If Ruben Sellers knew that that was the case, like ahead of time, I could understand why he's upset. Um, so yeah, I I do agree that like calling out your players in general isn't isn't um great. And there's a really good uh video on Tifo about when and how to call out your players as a manager, basically. But with the Ovi one, I don't know if I mind that. Like. I kind of think that that is more... I think his frustration there came from the fact that reporters won't stop asking him about it. And they, over and over again, they've built Ajaria up to be this guy who can save a season or whatever. But really, even in like Ovi's last decent season, he had that one great game against Fulham. And then other than that, he was very interesting to watch, but he wasn't effective. Um, so my issue with Ajaria is, I just think that's kind of been pushed by... Um, the like the local narrative really as much as anything um, i mean it, it, yeah okay i'll take your point so maybe maybe that whole element of me you know talking about his man management probably um but i agree with you using, on other players i yeah, agree with you using no using no probably isn't a good example because yeah okay he he's had numerous opportunities but no one this whole point no one really knows what the issue is there and mm. ultimately he, yeah. he's had a contract for a long time right I, I still stand by the fact that he is one of the one of the most talented or, or you know naturally talented players at the club um and I think ultimately it's 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 difficult to use him as an example but I just don't like any manager kind of saying that to um that was my cat by the way my cat <laughs> is just what are you doing I'm on a podcast you like what's the matter with you don't fan let me agree with you for a minute. Um, I do agree with you that he's not great at man management, by the way. Um, the, the stuff that happened after the Port Vale game where we, you know, obviously like, you know, some of those players needed to move on and weren't playing well enough. But like ditching Carol McIntyre Holmes, Nestor, all out the team in one big blow. Like, that's not the way to do that, in my opinion. Like, I understand he was trying to make a point, but like, how many times have we had to talk about like, freezing players out at Reading. Don't freeze players out. How does that help? Like, I just don't understand uh, why you would ever do that personally. I understand that you're like, maybe in like a transfer window when you're trying to prove to your owner, hey, I need another player. 
but you're not going to get that player right now as Reading manager. So yeah. I just don't, I've never understood the keeping people out of a team thing. But I mean, if, if we're like three managers deep into the fact that people can't get over your jury to play, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, I mean, no, but this is the point, we're all clutching at straws. And I feel like we've digressed from me <laughs> complaining about sellers to actually talk about over your jury, which I didn't want to do. Um, but, you know, when you've got, a situation you've got a room full of people it's just not a good look and it you know i said i said it with hutchinson the other week it's just i don't like it when that laundry gets aired in public i just don't yeah i'm not keen on it really um, that's fair so that i'll say in terms of football i'm now probably willing to give sellers um december you know and if he's not and if it's not going anywhere if we're not out of the relegation zone honestly it by the end of december I might move on. Um, but I think that things have been turning around recently. The underlying numbers have gotten a lot better. We have beaten, I think we've beaten nearly every team we've played for like XG in the in the last uh, few weeks. So single game XG is not that important, but still it gives you a sense of we are generating more attacking opportunities than our opponents these days. It's just whether we can concentrate. Um, and that's the next thing that Sellers needs to get down. I think he's got a lot to learn, but if he has us out of the relegation zone by the end of December, difficult to let him go. Mm. Well, I mean, we'll see time will tell. Hopefully by then we'll have new owners because obviously, it, yeah. you know, the, the situation can't continue, um, as, as we all know, as we said at the start of the pod. Um, one thing that we are hoping that will continue, though, is our cup run in both competitions. So we're going to talk a little bit about those in the preview uh, after this short break. And I'm going to remove the cat from the room so he doesn't uh, interrupt us again. So uh, join us after this interlude. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals. So be loud and be proud for the big match preview. Right, I'm back. And I'm catless temporarily anyway. Um, yes, yeah, don't know what that was about. Weird. Anyway, uh, Eastley onto the Spitfires. Are they Spitfires? I think they are, aren't they? Um, great yep. place. Know it very well. Uh, interesting little ground. Um, who knows what we're going to get? I don't know. The thing that's massively concerning me, Ross, is that we're live on the telly box at yeah. 1.30. Um, sold out away end, as we've come to expect from this fabulous football club over the, the, the last few months. What are you anticipating from this particular game? All right, let's get some egg on my face. We're going to smash him. I think we're going to smash him to pieces. I really do. I think Kelvin's going to start this game. Uh, I think he needs to, really. I think he could do with... Uh, I think he could do with a goal. In the, it, now that we've Femi scored his goal, um, Kelvin's my the next on my list, whereby it's been a little while. Um, and I noted in my Aziz video the other day that we all get on Aziz's back about underperforming. Um, but by the underlying numbers, it's actually Kelvin right now who's really... No, it is. How dare you give me slander? I know. Kelvin and Hepatchiman has scored uh, half the number of goals you would expect from uh, the chances that he has, has had so far. So I think he's good. You know I think he's good. Like, I, I really yeah. think he's great. And Nick Blackman, um, when I asked Nick which current Reading player he'd like to play with, Kelvin was the the name that came out. Um, Stop so, dropping Nick Blackman's name everywhere. Like, yes, you did a podcast with him. Yes, we can do listen one, to him. I talked to a footballer once. My head's gone, you know. Um, no, yeah, I uh, I think Kelvin could do with a goal. So I think that this is the Kelvin hat trick 
uh, right here at Eastleigh this weekend. Okay. I, I think if Lewis Wing plays, which I don't think he should, and I don't think he will, but if if we play Wing, we're going to win that one nine nil again. Like that's no competition. Yeah. Do you? I mean, what, we talked you know, obviously a lot about Sellers uh, in in the last part of the pod, but what what would you do? Would you would you look at it and say, well? Do we treat this like a league game? We play the strongest team. Bear in mind, we're going to rotate pretty heavily, you'd imagine, for the Charlton game um, on the Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday sixth. Yeah. Yeah. So what you know, what what do you do? Do you go right? I'm gonna I'm gonna rotate fully. I'm gonna rotate partially. I'm just gonna leave as is and basically start the same team, all being well that started against Carlisle against Eastley and really go for it. You know, wh- where where are you at team selection wise? I would keep the guys who haven't necessarily nailed down their position yet. So I would keep Craig. I would keep Dorset. Um, I would probably keep Makairo as well. Um, obviously, I want to see Pereira um, rather than than Button for this game because you always want to make sure that your backup goalie gets games as well so that they're ready to go. Um, but then I think something I'd quite like to see is, again, I don't think Wing should play. I'd like to see um, Savage with Craig because I'd like to see Craig doing the role that he's doing now, but Savage more um, further forward. I think uh, he scored both the goals in the Bolton win uh, earlier. I can't remember, but um, he got one. Okay. But he was popping up on the edge of the box over and over again. And and I think that's actually the best place for Savage to be. Um, You know, Jude Bellingham this year is a great example of, yeah, you can do lots and lots of things, but a footballer should still be given one job to do. Uh, yeah. and then, you know, focusing on doing that during a game. So I'd like to see uh, Craig play with Savage and Savage be playing in that position that Wing has been playing in the last couple of weeks, just getting a bit further forward. Um, obviously, I want to see Vickers um, because I just like watching Vickers play football. I don't um, see that happening, to be honest. I don't, no? I, I don't see... No, well, I just don't... What, why has he been frozen out the last two games? It, it mm. doesn't make sense to then go, well, well you can play against Eastley, but then back out again he'll play against Charlton but you know that's because it's become a bit of a a bit of a thing in in that particular competition um I I agree with you on Savage Savage plays but he goes further up uh Mm -hmm. Elliot's got to play as well he needs to get some minutes on I don't have Yeard on down to start I have Mbengue in place of him um agree with you on Pereira definitely agree with you on Dorsix I think he still needs the minutes and the confidence to, to keep going don't know about Craig I'm I'm not I like him. I wanna like him, but I'm just I'm just not sure yet. And I might All be right. doing a disservice. This might but. be a Team England versus Team Wales thing, mine, because we've got two young uh center mids who look great. Like but the, Craig and Savage both look good to me. I like them mm. both. And when I was doing the underlying figures earlier this week, like I was saying, I gained even more respect for Savage because he is the third highest chance creator per ninety. Uh, on Reading this season, which is pretty impressive. Uh, pull one out real quick for Don Ballard. Um, oh, horrible, horrible injury. Horrible. I think he horrible. broke his kneecap, which is just oh, it was really uh, weird, right? Because yeah. we were at the back of the stand and he took the shot, and it mm-hmm. it was one of those where you kind of follow the direction of the ball rather than what the player was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got distracted by some Wickham fans that were kind of in like a weird gangway, but they were just like. They were waving politely. It was all a bit strange. And then it, he was, well, I didn't realise it was him, but it, there was a player down. And then the first I kind of saw, okay, serious, was the, the um, 
ambulance guys getting the stretcher, which is really yeah. rare these days. You know, there was a, there was a period of time in football when a player would go down and the, and the stretcher would be on straight away. Now you, you don't see that unless it's a serious injury. Um, yeah. Just horrendous because again, he, he's a player that I really like watching, and I, I yeah, you know, for the yeah. England under 19s, like the clips I saw of it, he was just outrageous for them. Um, so it, it's it's a real tough one, but yeah, it does open up a spot, you know, in January potentially get someone else in loan or whatever, which which is quite exciting in a way. But we, you know, we we won't see him again in a red and shout, unfortunately. Um, no. And that that's that's the real shame of it because I think he could have done some some good numbers for us this season. Um, yeah, and, and that's uh, that's why I was bringing him up because he had great underlying numbers. Um, mm. It was a real shame, but he was actually also hitting them. Uh, I think he was top scorer in the league when he got hurt. Um, so yeah, real real shame. Two two players that that should, in my opinion, come into contention either for Eastley, but definitely for Charlton, are, are Holmes and and Rashisha. Um, mm-hmm. What. What do you make of the kind of the reintegration of, of Tom Holmes? And and I say reintegration, but involved in, in a league match day squad when he was he was previously completely frozen out. You know, and I I've I've seen him play for the under twenty one twice this season. So, you know, what what do you make of him coming back into the squad? I still prefer um having Holmes in the team to Harley Dean or Sam Hutchinson in that same position. I think like I see why Sellers went off homes. Um, I, I do get it. Like when you look at the, um, the way in which we're able to build up now with the center backs that we're playing, um, there's a reason Holmes isn't playing. I think it's going to be very interesting when McIntyre comes back because he is the kind of um, defender that, that Sellers likes, but he may just go in as a uh, defensive mid anyway. Um yeah, Holmes. Yeah, like I say, I think I'd rather have him than than the older hands. Um, but the other guy that you mentioned, Rashisha, is really the one that um I'd like to see. Where on earth has he gone? Every time he's played well, every time he's played for the twenty ones, he seemed to play well. I get that it's a different um thing, but you know, especially in the uh, Pizza Cup, I'd like to see him. Well, <clears throat> you know, there's two there's two games potentially for for those players to feature. I think um I think we will win on Sunday. Uh, regardless of the team, I think it, it's, it's. Is it a big game? I don't know. Do, we want to get in the third round of the FA Cup, right? You know, we spent so many years in a situation where we're like, oh, yeah, third round of the FA Cup and then exit the third round of the FA Cup. Whereas now, it, it feels yeah. a bit more special the fact we've had to go through rounds one and two to, to get to three. I know that's obvious if you like your numbers, you know, they all follow each other, but it's, it's still a kind of almost like an achievement thing. So, I'm hoping yeah. we've got a performance on Sunday. I hope we win the game. And I hope we, we get a really nice draw at home um, in the third round of the FA Cup to cheer us all up. When hopefully we will we will have new owners. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Um, if you're not going down to Hampshire, that game is live on ITV something at 1.30. Uh, yeah. So you can get that on all available channels. Not channels. Uh, Service providers, you know, service about. things, yeah, yeah. yeah Most yeah, likely Hulu stuff. over here in the states. Oh, well, that'll be right. who has it. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's there. I will be <clears throat> uh, watching it from home. I'll be battling with a Christmas tree, and nice. uh, people nagging me saying I'm not helping when actually I am. In, in you're spirit. helping just by being there. You're exactly. providing moral support. I could have gone. I could have gone right. to the game, but I I didn't do that because I care about what my family thinks of me. Right. And you're a hardworking host. Yeah, 
Exactly. And I gave away my ticket to someone else because I'm, I'm. Well, actually, that's that's not that's a lie. I didn't give away my ticket. I let someone else use my ticket. So. Oh, nice. Um, there you go. Yeah, hopefully I've still got a season ticket by the end of it. Who knows? Could end up with a banning order that I didn't commit. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm talking rubbish. I'm talking absolute nonsense. It's been a long day. It's been a long week supporting this football club. And it continues to be a very up and down roller coaster of a season for us. Let's hope we can get a win in the second round of the FA Cup and progress to the third. Let's hope we can get a win against Charlton in the Pizza Cup the following Wednesday. And then, of course, back into league action on the following Saturday against Barnsley um, the 9th of December. Have a really, really good weekend. Um, this one's sort of going out late this week, but we wanted to, to get a few other bits and pieces done. Thank you, as always, for you uh, listening to us, for your support, for your comments, good and bad, and for generally being around for us to kind of, um, I don't know, have that community spirit with, I guess, which is what we're all kind of desperately seeking at the moment. So thank you to everyone for listening. Ross, thank you for the fabulous shift that you've put in this week. You've literally been non-stop. Videos, a, articles, yeah. podcasts, everything, mate. It's been a sleepy week. I uh, was going from pretty early British time to uh, one o'clock American time on Reading FC on uh, Tuesday, but this is why we do it. We love the club, unfortunately, and uh, we'll be here till we die. So, you know, exactly. there's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, as long as you need us and as long as there is a club to support and, and uh, you know, to, to, to kind of talk about. So thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy your advent calendars. If you do Christmas, uh, enjoy all that other stuff that you're doing this weekend. Look after yourselves. Come on, you are.